message that I had isn't just for the men, but it's for everybody. And uh, the more I got into this, I realized I couldn't do it in one Sunday. So we started last Sunday. And let me let me begin by introducing what I was talking about, and then giving you some scriptures and reviewing just a couple minutes. And we're going to get into uh, uh, the rest of the, the message. But we said our central truth was this. And if you're going to, you know, go away with anything today then listen to what I'm about to say. The man or woman that makes God's Word a priority in his or her life will become a better husband, will become a better wife, better father, better mother, better employee, better leader, and a better Christian. The man or woman that makes God's word a priority. Now, we're living in the the last of the last of the last of, of, of days. And so it's real important that we recognize and discern what God is doing, what the Spirit of God is doing, what the Spirit of God is saying, and then being being obedient to that. If you look at this nation and what's going on right now as we come closer to November and another election, there's a lot of rancor, there's a lot of words, a lot of strife, and the church needs to be praying. And if you're going to pray effectively, I just untied my shoe, I hope I don't trip. If, if we're going to pray effectively, then you're going to have to have a foundation of God's Word. Are you listening? You're going to have to have a strong foundation. It's not that you don't have a foundation of the Word of God, but the Word of God in the days ahead is going to have to become more of a priority. How many of you would honestly could say, it needs to be more of a priority in my life? I need to be more in the Word. We all do. We said that knowing the heart of God is knowing His Word. You can't separate God from His Word. They are one and the same. So if you want to know your Creator, you want to know all about Jesus and all about the Holy Ghost, you got to get into the Word. Now, if you're not going to be, if you're going to be a Christian that is not in the Word in these last days, you will live according to the flesh and you will become flaky and weird. It's the truth. Don, it's the truth. You will become flaky and weird if you don't have the Word. We said Psalm 103.7, it says, He made known His ways to Moses and His acts to the children of Israel. A lot of Christians today and a lot of believers can see maybe uh, what God is doing, just as the nation of Israel saw with their physical eyes the miracles. But there was a difference. Moses really knew his God, and he understood his ways, or some of his ways, 
Whereas the children of Israel, they didn't. They lived according to the flesh, and they just saw by the five physical senses what God is doing. But Moses had a heart relationship with his God, with his creator. We need to know our God. We need to know the heart of God, and that it will only come by spending time in his word. Mark 3.14 says, he appointed 12 that they might be with him that he might send them out to preach. What was priority? That they might be what? With him. Jesus, he, he, he loved to bring them. And usually before any great campaign or after a great campaign, he would bring them all together and they would rest and they would eat together and they would fellowship together. He spent time with his disciples. Why do you think even though some of them, like Peter, missed it, why do you think they accomplished so much after he was gone, after he departed from this earth? It's because they'd really they'd spent time, and yes, in some ways they were ignorant and they didn't understand spiritual things, but they spent quality time with the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the Word, and you and I have to spend time with him. Now, we said there's some benefits of knowing God's Word. I want you to look at Psalm 119 quick. Psalm 119, I'll give you the, the first two that we, we, we learned last week, and then we're going to go on to a, a third one. And I'm just going to take the time today on that third one, but I want you to see this. In Psalm 119 and verse 9, one of the first benefits of really knowing God is it will keep you and I from sinning doesn't mean that we're not going to sin and make mistakes, and he'll, he'll cleanse us, he'll forgive us. It says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. The psalmist says, with my whole heart I've sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have what? Hidden where? In my heart that I might not sin against you. My son or daughter, attend to my words. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart for their life unto those that find them and health to all your flesh. So you and I, if we'll put the word of God in, we might not understand it or mentally grasp it, but if we'll make the effort to meditate on the word and get the word in us, it will keep you and I from sin. We told you last week, you just can't live your life according to your daily devotional. You and I need more meat than our devotion every day. If you and I desire to keep our hearts right, we'll make the Word of God a priority. The second thing was, one of the second benef- the second benefit of really Knowing God and knowing his word, it will result in obedience. Say obedience. As a believer, your words and actions flow out of your love relationship with Jesus Christ. As a believer, your words and actions flow, flow out of your love relationship with Jesus. You know, I lo- my parents are both gone. When I was young, I I truly loved my mother and father. And I was ornery. 
My wife was even more ornery. But we loved and respected dearly our parents. And I can remember when I was, you know, given an opportunity to sin or to do something, I can remember this, make, thinking this, what would my mother and father think? And I, not, I, I didn't always listen to that still small voice. You know, you got the devil here and God here, and I side with the devil sometimes, and we all have. But I was concerned. I didn't want to bring them any grief, and I didn't want to hurt them. See, if you spend time with God intimately on a daily basis and, and make an effort, you get to know him. You're, you're not going to want to sin, and it's going to cause you that when he speaks to you directly through his word or that still small voice, you're going to want to obey him. That's why Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I ask you to do? <laughs> if he's truly your Lord and you have a love relationship with Jesus, are you going to want to obey him? Yeah, for sure. You're not going to want to grieve him or grieve the Spirit of God. As a believer, your words and actions flow out of your love relationship with Jesus. The man or woman that truly hides the word of God in his heart is more likely to walk in obedience. Look at John 15 now. Now, this is, this is what I want you to get. And I told you, Brad, a week ago that this was for you too. This, this morning and Courtney... When I say Brad, it's Courtney and Brad, so don't get offended. It's for everybody. But the, the third benefit of really abiding in the Word or making the Word priority in your life, it will help you fulfill your ministry. Now, everyone has a ministry. Not everyone is called to be a five-fold ministry gift, but everyone here today has a ministry. Say, I have a ministry. And I could go through them all, but one of them might be giving, making money and sowing it into the body of Christ. One might be serving. One might be leading. Whatever your ministry is, you need word. And this is, this is a no kidding. I sat down today upstairs and opened the Bible and was, was thinking about something, and this is what came up in my spirit. Are you ready? Are you listening? Without me, you can do nothing. Let that sink in. Say it with me. Without me... You can do nothing. You want the scripture? I'll give it to you. In John 15, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. These are, these are the words of Jesus. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. Now, 
Is this, are these the words of Jesus? And who is he? The word. So let's say it this way. Abide in the word, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in the word. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in the word, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without the word, you can do nothing. That's, that's important. Without the, the word, Brad and Courtney, you can't do anything. You'll never have a ministry. You might have a ministry, but it won't bear fruit. And if you abide in the word, it says here... And if you allow him to do some pruning, you'll bear what? More fruit or much fruit. So I, I really, I thank the Spirit of God for, for speaking to me those words this morning. Because I, I, I wasn't even going to talk about that. But I, I just want you to understand, whatever you do in life, whether you're an electrician, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're in sales, where, whether you operate a crane at Nucor, whatever you do in life, you'll never amount to anything and be successful without the Word. This goes, I'm, you think I'm preaching you? Most stuff he deals with me is in my life, and then you just get the leftovers. If you abide in my word, you will bear much fruit. Now, look at 1 Samuel 3. And this is what I want to share with you this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is a beautiful story. How many of you know all about Hannah and Samuel? And Let me give you a little bit of a, a history. Before this period in Israel's history, God had spoken directly to Moses and Joshua. But because of the sin of the land, the nation of Israel, because of the rebellion, now... I, I'm not going to go into detail, but the, the priest or was Eli, and he wasn't a very good priest. He couldn't take care of his own household. His, whole, his own sons were full of rebellion, would not listen to God, and were greedy. Is it any wonder the word of the Lord was rare then? In other words, there was no prophet the word was not coming forth. And in a lot of ways, this mirrors the, what's going on today. Is there a lot of corruption today? Sure. A lot of things going on that aren't good. So three centuries, 
His word became rare during the three centuries of rule by the judges. By Eli's time, no prophets were speaking God's message to Israel. And I just told you why. It's because of sin. Now, I'm going to read this to you. I want to read this chapter. Just listen, and then we'll go over a few things. And remember what we're talking about, the importance of God's Word and the benefit of God's Word. This morning, knowing God's Word intimately and hiding it in your heart and allowing it to be a treasure to you will help you fulfill whatever God's called you to be. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. See, where, where the, if there's no word, there's no vision. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, in fact, he's going blind. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, now, he was a young boy. The Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son, lie down. Now it says here in verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So Samuel was working basically under the priest and was serving him, but he didn't have a personal relationship. He didn't know God. And it says, And the Lord, in verse 8, called Samuel again the third time. And so he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did not call me. Then, now listen, then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Eli was a little dull wasn't too sharp because of the sin of the land. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Lord, speak for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And the Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, now listen to what he's, what he's going to tell this young prophet now. He didn't know he was called to be a prophet yet. Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them or rebuke them. Therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning. I wonder if he went back to sleep. And opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. <laughs> and he said, 
what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Now, how'd you like, you're called to be a prophet. How'd you like to get a word, your first word? And you got to deliver it to the priest and say, basically, you're dead. You're done for. Your family's done. You're cursed. And Eli said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to to you. And Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Wow. Look at verse 19 and 20. Remember, we're talking about knowing God's word intimately yourself. This is the result. This is the beginning of Samuel's ministry as a prophet. It says, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, to Beersheba, Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Now, let me go over a few things here. Some truths from this passage of Scripture. Samuel had learned servanthood and submission well. He, was he a good servant? Yes. He'd learned it well. So evidently, Eli the priest had taught him something. His words were, here I am. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Here I am, for you called me. Now listen. His obedience in serving Eli prepared him for serving God. His obedience in serving Eli prepared him for serving God. Now, let me ask you something. What do you think it was like serving Eli when Eli's sons were vile, were corrupt, rebellious? He was growing up in a, in a tough spiritual situation, but he still learned servanthood. He learned submission. And it, you hear these words through the passage of Scripture that I said, that I just read to you, here I am. Did we hear it more than once? So that told you a little bit about Samuel's attitude. He was a true servant. His obedience in serving Eli prepared him for serving God. Now listen to, now listen to what I'm about to tell you. Let it sink in. Listening and responding is vital in a relationship with God. Let me say it once more. Listening and responding is vital in a relationship with God. Let me say it once more. Listening and what? Doing it. Doing what God's called you to do when you've listened is a vital ingredient in a relationship with God. That's important. So you and I, we need to get the word, don't we? We need more word. And do you know what the, probably 
maybe it isn't for you. Let me tell you what it's, what's hard for me. And don't look at me like that judgmental look. We're all different personalities, aren't we? Wouldn't it be boring if we were all vanilla and there was no strawberry or chocolate or pistachio or whatever you like? But for me, I can get in the Word. But for me, I have to work real hard at listening. What's it take to learn to listen, folks? Tell me. Don't make it. Thank you. Learning to be quiet. Learning just to do this. Sit down. Shut up. Get quiet. And how many have been like me? You sit down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen today. And then all of a sudden, 45,000 things just come into your brain at one time. You got to do this. You better get up. You got to do that. You remember you you forgot to do this. And pretty soon all you're doing is, you know, Kenny, you're thinking about the yard you got to mow. You got your own job all day long, but you yet you got to come home and you got to do this and you got to do that. Anybody relate to that? And then we then we're pretty soon we find ourselves we get up and we're over here like Martha. We need to be merry and sit at the feet of the word of God and listen. So, you know, Samuel had learned to listen and he'd learned to respond, did he not? Now, Samuel had a personal encounter with God. Samuel had a personal encounter with God. And his, birth, his ministry was birthed from that personal encounter. What do you mean? Because he knew God, he knew how to listen, he learned to listen, he learned to respond, his ministry was birthed. Samuel had a personal encounter with God. Now listen to this not just through Eli and his faith and his personal encounter with God. Samuel was not, and a lot of people, let me, you, you can agree or don't agree with me, but a lot of Christians are spiritual hitchhikers. They don't take time to develop a personal relationship with God, but they're living off of somebody else's. Are you listening to me? You might, be, you might be depending on mom and dad, but there comes a point, kids, when you grow up, you've got to learn to stand on your own spiritual two feet. You can't depend upon mom and dad the rest of your life. My mother couldn't wait for me to get out of the house. Finally, I did. But there will come a point. You will leave. Mom won't be there to do all that for you anymore. You'll have to do it yourself. 
you see what I'm, you hear what I'm saying? That's, that's a heavy thing. But you've got to develop your own personal relationship with God. And everyone said, Now, though Samuel grew up serving the Lord, his true ministry was birthed after a personal encounter with God. So, if you, if you think you're called to five-fold ministry, Brad and Courtney, then you need to have a personal encounter with God. You need to know your God. You need to learn to listen to His voice and then do what He tells you to do. Amen? The rest of you, if you think you have a ministry, whether it's a worship leader or whatever you do, you still need to have a personal encounter with God. Now, Samuel's ministry was birthed because of this personal encounter. It says Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Another translation, it says, He revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So if you don't know what to do, you don't know what your ministry is, what should you do? What do you think you should do? I'm listening. I'm just waiting for some bold person to tell me the answer. Listen. Thank you. Who said that? Thank you. Spend time in the Word. Then you'll get the direction. You'll get the revelation. My, and I haven't shared this before. I'm 60, almost 61 years old. But my personal encounter, I, I, I knew God. I've been to Bible school, got out of Bible school. But my personal encounter with God, I was a young pastor, just, you know, just wet behind the ears, green, didn't know anything. But one night about 1 o'clock in the morning, I had a personal encounter with God. No, I didn't have a burning bush. I didn't have an angel. I had the word. And this is the word. Tongues and interpretation of tongues came to me. And I interpreted my own tongue. And then this scripture came to me. From 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 19. So Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And. God, by the Spirit, gave me first, what came in my spirit, I didn't know the this, this scripture, was 1 Samuel 3, verse 19. And I opened the Bible that night. I can still vividly remember. We were going through hell at the time, and there was a lot of things going on in the spirit. That must have been God. This scripture, I looked it up, and I put my, my, my name in here. So my gardener grew, and the Lord was with him, 
and let none of its words fall to the ground. Now, I got to reading that, and I thought, well, maybe it's verse 22. So I read on. Abe's laughing because he knows. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that my gardener had been established as a prophet. That word wasn't for me. But you see when people get squirrely, and I knew that. So I went back to 19 and knew that I needed the word to grow. And I knew that God would watch over his word that I spoke over my people, the congregation that God had given me. I can't emphasize enough how God wants to reveal himself to you through his word. It has to come. Now, I can speak it and God can reveal it, but it's better if you get in the word yourself and get to know him like Samuel got to know him intimately and then could listen and discern. That's the voice of God, not the voice of Eli. Let's stand our feet this morning. Now, next, how many of you want to be successful in life? Two of you. Okay, the rest of you are dismissed. Make sure you put your offering in before you leave. How many of you want to be successful? Whatever God's called you to do. Then we'll talk about that next week. So, did God speak to you anything today? He's helping me because I'm still growing. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray today that the, your people, your children, heard what I said. No, they heard what you said. That they grow and prosper and be successful in whatever you've called them to be, whether it be full-time ministry or whether it be a, a whatever ministry. Bottom line is get to know the word of God yourself. Build a relationship with God through his living word. Will he speak to you? Yes, he will. But you've got to open the book to discover his divine will. So take the time in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead to bury your head in his book. Meditate upon his promises. Think upon them. Chew upon them. And allow that living word to be deposited in your heart. And even if you've screwed up, he'll give you a fresh start. He wants to speak to you. He wants to spend time with you. So make that quality decision. I'm going to spend more time in the Word of God and discover what He's called me to be and discover what He's called me to do. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy for your people today. Speak to us in the days ahead through your living Word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light onto our pathway, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Now, I'm not going to have a, you know, I asked if you were hurting today, and I said if that had been you physically, I would have thought you would have come up, right?
Amen. I don't, I don't want to be insensitive. Did I miss somebody in praying for you physically if you're sick in body? Okay. Well, I heard the word. You, let's see. Three. Three words and then you're dismissed. Do the word this week. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Have a good week.